Life is all about relationships. We'll talk about the relationships Live Alive forged in its genre and with its players, tonight on the VG Thought Commune Podcast. Hello and welcome to the 13th Commune Podcast. Uh, we have with us tonight a stellar cast of five guests. Uh, first and foremost is the hostess with the mo- well, that's the host with the most, uh, Kirby of Death? Yes, hello. Is that a good- <laughs> that's now your nickname. I like it. <laughs> the one-legged hopping madman, Shouty. <laughs> oh. Thank you. The thriller from Manila, Sky Fox. A thrill. The man who leapt through time, Soup Egg. See, I got a cool one. <laughs> and unplugged for his first time in ten years, Wario Fan 63. That's me. <laughs> what did I just say? I should hope. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, uh, so, Shouty, tell me what games you've been playing. I uh, recently been playing Mario vs. Donkey Kong, Minions on the Move. It's, uh, it's based on Pipe yeah. Dream, right? Um, yeah, I guess it is like Pipe Dream, the game. Oh, I just meant like it was a dream about pipes. Oh. <laughs> um, no, I thought you were referring to the game, Pipe Dream. <laughs> I'm gonna have to edit in a rim shot later. But now, how is Minis on the move? It's it's pretty good. There are different uh, mechanics with the different modes. Like, some they'll have uh, a random set of um, pieces to place, and others will have a set, a uh, certain number of, of pieces. Others, you have to manipulate the pieces that are on, on the board already. And uh, there's one where you'll get a random set of pieces, and you'll have to traverse a long course. So it's not... So, yeah. They get a good amount of variety out of it. Yeah. Also, there are some mini games I make for our next version. Mini games? Yeah, they're kind of like the mini games from Mario 64 DS and New Super Mario Bros DS. The like card playing things. Yeah. That's a little weird that they brought those back. I never. Understood well, they're not that. exactly the same, but they're similar. I mean. Okay. They're more action based, like uh, that Lakitu game where you got to sling spinies into their baskets. Oh. Yeah, that was always a good one. Who didn't like playing that? Actually, uh, that reminds me, last night I played, uh, No More Heroes 2, and that also has a Pipe Dream minigame. Oh. I don't recall that. All the, yeah, I, I thought it was interesting that all the minigames in No More Heroes 2 were, like, 8-bit things. Yeah, that was neat. So, Sky Fox, what have you been playing? I've played a text adventure called Lost Pig. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> you uh, it, it's called Lost Pig, and you you play as an orc who lost his like lost his pig, and he has to go catch it. So it's littered with this half-broken orc English. You have to oh. decipher. Oh no! Yeah. Orcish. Yeah. <laughs> the good thing about it is it, it's it's one of those adventure games where you can't do anything wrong to like lose the game and you get stuck. 
So it lets you do a bunch of weird stuff like burn down a forest or set your pants on fire. And you can still win. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty cool. So Sounds like a lot of freedom for a text-based adventure. There is. It's really short, too, though, so that's oh. the downside, I guess. Directions are north, south, and bloodless. Um, Dennis. Dennis. Now I invent... And that's ta- not talking about the strong bad game. We're talking about Lost Pig. Oh, oh, oh of course. I haven't played that. Um, <laughs> so, you said there's no way to game over in Lost Pig... Does that mean you come at it with a different approach than you would for most other text adventures? Or are like are puzzles still solved pretty much the same way? I think puzzles are solved about the same way. But something that was different is how I approached them, because I knew I couldn't lose, so I wasn't afraid to try really dumb stuff to see what would happen. I see. I guess uh, in most text adventures you would save before you do anything risky. <laughs> Soupeg, what have you been playing? Uh, well, I just bought uh, Lego Lord of the Rings. Lego of the Rings? Lego of the Rings. And it, does it have gameplay? It has gameplay. You can play the video game. Holy smokes, 10 out of 10! <laughs> when you hit buttons, they do things. <laughs> it's really exciting. Uh, I bet it doesn't use the joysticks, though. It uses both joysticks. What? No, what what's it like? Um, it it's like every other Lego game except there's a kind of open world, which is mostly just a bunch of interconnected paths. But it it still feels like you can explore it and everything. It's really cool. The impression I get is that Lego games are really shallow, kind of brawlery type things. Yeah, and they have like puzzles that involve using different characters for different things. Yeah. Okay. So like Gimli can crack rocks and stuff like that. They're, they're pretty easy games. They're not designed to be super challenging. They're more about the presentation and the silly story. Exactly. Okay. That's fair. Is there any multiplayer? Yeah. Uh, like, every LEGO game is co-op multiplayer. Oh. Just drop in, drop out, I think. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Mario Fan 63 do you know what a video game is? I I'm aware of this concept. I, I I've dabbled in it before, and uh, I I'm uh, I haven't really changed much since the last time I was talking about video games on here. I'm uh, I'm playing Slide Three in crisp high definition. See this? This is where I say the Slide series. Like I super don't care for Slide One to Slide Two, but Slide Three is where things just uh, now they're ruined. Uh, it, what What do you think of Slide Three? I think it's like. It's like a better slide too, because like I don't know, things feel more uh, streamlined. Like when you're pickpocketing, you know, and you you get those uh those treasures, you know. But um, instead of having to go back to the hideout to uh, to sell them, it just it's assumed you'll sell them, so it gives you the money right on the spot, and it's that's, uh, that's pretty convenient. Yeah. Have you beaten slide three before? I have, yeah. So you remember the like uh, there's a mini game where you have to hurl insults. Um, I vague recollection of it. That just that one gave me nightmares, and it's well. It wasn't it wasn't uh, Monkey Island style. No, it it was Monkey Island style, except like you needed to remember which ones you had said before, and it there's like a hilarious number of rounds, so I it's really hard. 
Like Monkey Island. Oh, that is... I thought it was just... You get to click on stuff. Well, I mean... You can, like, you can take time to write stuff down. Responses. Well, wait, I don't know. I don't remember anything now. Okay. That makes two of us. I've, <laughs> I've got Sly 3 amnesia. Um, Sly 3's calling card is that you get, like, a million different characters, and... Do you enjoy all of them? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh... That's that's what I liked about it. I liked how how you know you're you're this big gang of thieves, you know, and then you're just gradually increasing as you keep playing the game, and it's it's great. I it's like a fully realized Cooper gang. Okay, that's fair. He's got his own uh, syndicate, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Kirby of Death. Do you play uh, games that have video output? Not recently, actually. I mean, being kind of boring. That's okay. I've, uh... Just make one up. Yeah, just He's been taking care of his dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. That might be a thing throughout. That's fine. That's fine. Nintendo dogs. See, there you go. You could have said that. I would have accepted that. <laughs> I would have believed it. <laughs> I'm so- so loyal to Nintendogs, I can't turn it off for the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like a Nintendog should have listened to my commands. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast, we're all talking about the final chapter of Live Alive, uh, but I wanted to ask before we go in, uh, what did you guys choose for your first character, uh, Kirby of Death? I went with uh, Cowboy. And uh, what was his name? I just went with Sundown. Okay. Uh, and Shouty, what did, what did you use for the final chapter? I went with Daikon the Ninja, the fastest feet in the land. <laughs> Skyfox? Samo the Punch Master. Uh, Supeg? Uh, I did, uh, the first time I played the game, I did Cube, and this time I did Sundown. Oh, that's two Sundowns. Mm-hmm. And Wario fan? I went with the, uh, Macho, the wrestler. Okay, that's actually, uh, I went the, with the wrestler too, because I wanted, uh, Suda and Abisa Gary. These two were very good news. Indeed. The final chapter, much like the night chapter, had a lot of random battles. Uh, so I wanted to ask, did you enjoy the random battles? And uh, why do you think there are random battles in the final two chapters? Skyfox? I don't think it's possible to enjoy them. <laughs> in any game or in this <laughs> Especially in this one, but usually I think they're an aberration. This would be, this one would be, I can understand it being in there, but the frequency was just too great. I just felt like I was taking like three steps and getting to a random battle. And I kind of wanted to explore like places, so I'd be, like half the time spent playing the chapter was in random battles. Probably yeah. more. Uh, it's a cool looking place, and you get a lot of, like, maybe a little tiny, but 
get a lot of like nice medieval set pieces. Yeah, I like the map. Like, I mean, I think I would have liked the chapters a lot more if there was less frequency in the random battles. So why do you think there were random battles in the final two chapters? Like, if if they would have been more enjoyable with them, what do they add? Or more enjoyable without them, what do they add? I think part of it is just so, like, the night chapter is kind of like a traditional JRPG in almost every aspect, so random battles seems like a natural natural part to add to it. And then final is part of a continuation of that, so it kind of makes some sense to keep that consistent. What my take on it would be. I see. So it's uh, just sort of bound up with the thesis of the night chapter. Right. Okay. Supeg, did you enjoy the random battles in the final chapter? Uh, I like the random battles. I think they're alright. Uh, I do agree that the frequency was a bit too high. Um, but I, I think it's fine. Uh, I, I thought of it as like you have these seven heroes from all these weird RPGs that are all doing something different. And this is like what happens if you just stick them in a normal RPG? And yeah. I, I thought it was pretty cool. I guess there's something smile-worthy about that. that like, a cowboy and a robot ganging up on um, a bat. I don't know. Right. I can't think of another enemy. <laughs> um, a cowboy and a robot ganging up on a Chinese martial artist. Thank you. <laughs> The random battles were nice, at least in the sense that they got they exposed you. They were an excuse to expose you to a whole variety of enemies from across the game. True, and I, I just thought it was cool that it's just like you're in the traditional RPG world, you're doing traditional RPG random battles, but you have these bizarre characters from different time periods. I just thought it was cool. Okay. WarioFan63, did you enjoy the random battles? I didn't mind them. I, I think we had an, uh, a, a, what's the word? We had a certain animosity, me and the random battles. Animosity. Animosity. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you think they added to your experience? Well, experience. Literally. <laughs> I, I don't... <laughs> How do I get more specific than that? No. So, if the final boss was a lower level, um, and you didn't need any more experience, your play through the chapter would have been pretty much similar? Um, probably. But, uh, it certainly helped that I, that I, uh, managed to, like, boost all the characters to learn their, their ultimate move. That was, uh, that was convenient. Okay. So it was a chance to, like, level out your characters, or I guess plateau your characters. Yeah. Make sure yeah. you have everything. Yeah. But in that sense, yeah. they didn't have to be on the overworld, right? Yeah, well, you know, I think the, the thing, uh, let's see, how, how did they do it everybody else? Well, I mean, Kazan kind of had random battles, if you didn't know how to smell. <laughs> um, <laughs> they're more like visible real counters. Yeah, everybody else was like really predetermined. Uh, uh, maybe, maybe they couldn't think of you know what sort of enemies would roam the world map. You know, they wanted to be a surprise because it was like it was said, it's a mix and match of what you've you've encountered in the game before. So, you know, they prob- probably just wanted to, you know, surprise. You're fighting a computer program. 
<laughs> in the middle of the ruins. <laughs> yeah, what was that? Um, but yeah, I, yeah, I, that's a good point, actually. It does lend a certain element of surprise, which, like, the entire chapter is kind of about surprises and things coming together in unusual ways. Yeah, it's uh, Orsted's surprise birthday party. (laughs) (laughs) Chapter 8 is medieval chapter. Chapter 9 is Orsted's surprise party. Happy (laughs) birthday, Demon Lord Odeo! (laughs) (laughs) Have I mentioned yet that Odeo always makes you think Garfield? (laughs) (laughs) It certainly did in Wrestler. It's the most biting commentary on Jim Davis I've ever seen. Kirby <laughs> <laughs> oh, Death, did you enjoy the random battles? I, yeah. I mean, I, I guess I'm kind of glad they were there because they did allow for grinding, and uh, which was, I think, pretty necessary. Because I don't know how I would have gotten through the boss battle without uh, the ultimate techniques from like. Like, I, I had a Kung Fu and Cowboy in my party. And a Hurricane Shot is, like, God tier. And uh, same with the, uh, I'm not going to try to pronounce it, but the Kung Fu Ultimate Technique. Oh, yeah, I don't remember that either. Um, <laughs> like, Chinese. they had a two-person party? Oh, no, no, no. Um, Robot, I uh, didn't really have much of an Ultimate Technique, because you can't really level him. And uh, Wrestler, I got... I think I got him up to 14, and he had BC Gary, so there was okay. that. But uh, they did get in the way a lot, despite you know being able to level up stuff. I like Fox said it was got in the way a lot for like uh, exploring and stuff. And uh, I mean, it, it's fine if you, if you just run from it, but then the game actually has the audacity to punish you for doing that if you do it enough. Oh, it it does. Oh yeah. Um, if you run away from battle a hundred times, then um, this ghost panther thing called uh, the Prophet of Death comes out, and you have to fight him. What? I want to see yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, I ran away a hundred times just so I could fight him. Wow. Yeah, I just did that on my own. This game is so cool. Just <laughs> uh, what happens is like when you do it like ninety-five times, there's like some text box pops up, and uh, the text look kind of like um. The night guys, like when he's all audioed and stuff. Uh, so I got kind of worried. I thought I was gonna accidentally trigger like the last fight prematurely or something like that. So I saved immediately. <laughs> and then when it happened, it was just some panther. I was like, oh okay. Panthers, I can deal with that. Did you actually run away ninety-five stuff. times? Just that naturally. Oh yeah, I, oh. I didn't want to deal with most of those fights. Well, especially that like. Uh, Snake, blind, beachy guy. <laughs> yeah, he's kind of a jerk. That guy gives tons of experience, though. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> so did you fight the ghost panther? The pink panther? Oh, yeah. yeah. I think he petrified two of my guys, but I still managed to beat him. Okay, so he's not, like, a <laughs> not ultra hard. No, no, not really. I feel like for leveling up, mostly the hidden dungeons were useful. And the world map wasn't... It's just kind of piddly stuff. Yeah. Shouty, did you enjoy the random battles? Well, I didn't hate them. <laughs> uh, I normally don't care for random battles. Uh, but 
here I thought it was necessary because I felt like if they were crawling enemies on the screen, it would be kind of weird. I, I just thought that uh, the random battles just streamlined everything. Yeah. That, it's, uh, that if you needed to fight against something, that it would just be there. Yeah. Um, there was there weren't really any story elements for the battles, so they didn't really need to be predetermined. That's true. I guess it also sort of, unless you run away, uh, it makes sure you're at a certain level. Yeah. So, uh, what game would you say has a good sense of random battles in uh, Supeg? Good question. I I usually like games where it's not completely random, like uh, like recent Tales games, like Tales of Symphonia and stuff, where the enemies are like running around and you can see them, and you encounter them, kind of like the ninja chapter in this one. Yeah. Um, except they respawn, and so you can still grind if you want, but you can also just explore without getting into random battles. That's kind of how I prefer it. So, that sounds like Zelda 2. Uh, except Zelda 2, it's very hard to avoid those. Okay. They just kind of suddenly appear right next to you. <laughs> on all sides of you. So, it sounds like, it, in order to make random battles work, maybe, uh... Make them not so random, so you can actually tell what's going to happen. Yeah, that's just generally how I prefer it. Okay. It sounds like you'd rather have randomly generated enemies than just random encounter encounters. Pretty much, yeah. Earthbound does that. Oh, it does. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I thought those were all static. No, not static. They'll chase you, but you'll see them before you battle. No, I mean like. They're not randomly generated. They're the same each time. No, they right? are. No, they're randomly generated. Like, if you leave an area and come back, there'll be a new set of enemies there. Oh. Okay. I guess I'll need to play that again when it comes out on Wii U Virtual Console. Yeah! <laughs> uh, so, Wario fan, I want to find a game with good random battles. Where do I look? I don't know. <laughs> I want to find a game with bad random battles. Where do I look? I don't know. <laughs> I, I guess the thing so, about random battles is it's just, uh, it's, it's sort of the same concept wherever it pops up, isn't it, you know? Like, the only thing that, that, that mostly differs is, like, the, uh, the frequency rate. Well, there's the frequency rate and there's the challenge, like, um... Yeah, the challenge, too, yeah. I've always been a kind of a fan of the Final Fantasy 1 brand of random battles, in that, like, a lot of random battles just sort of require you to press A to get through them, like Golden Sun, or something like that. But Final Fantasy, like, you need to consider each random battle strategically on its own. So, like, sometimes it might be prudent to run away, other times it might be prudent to waste, like, a lit 3. Something like that. Yeah. Um, so there are... I think there's a decent variety of random battles. I guess so, yeah. You played a lot of Dragon Quest, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. What do you think is their philosophy behind random battles? Probably the Final Fantasy strategy, really. You take on either, uh, you know, what you can or, you know, strategize is what it comes down to. I think they stopped doing that with uh, 8 or 9, though, because they put the enemies on the screen after that. So. I think you still have random encounters in 8. It's been a while, but I think so. 
Oh. I'll have to check up on that. I also thought those random encounters were really boring. Although I only got like an hour into the game, so... Kirby of Death, what game has a good sense of random battles? I'm gonna have to say... Pokemon? That's... That's an interesting point. Uh, say more. Oh, sure. Um, well, for one, they're... Well, not, they're, they're not entirely optional. They're, but I guess somewhat like... You know what you're getting into when you into a random battle, like, you have to be in tall grass. Yeah. And, like, it, it's good for, you know, grinding. You can just spin around in circles on a patch of tall grass and, uh, battle as much as you want. But if you, if you can, you can avoid it and then just be on your way. And you can, I guess, turn them off in a sense, like, if you get by, like, a, a repel or something, you can, uh, at least avoid them for a certain number of steps. So, I think that's a it's a pretty good system of random battles where you can probably avoid it if you try really hard, but it's not just always on. And you have to actually be in a certain area. So it's um it's kind of like Soup's suggestion where I mean, not exactly, like you still can't see Pokemon, but you can still manage when you're going to encounter them. Yeah. Okay. That's um I never thought about Pokemon in that sense, but that's that's an interesting point. Uh, Shouty, give me a game with good random battles. I was going to say Pokemon 2. And, um, the sequel to Pokemon 1. <laughs> oh. Of course. <laughs> but yeah, um, to add on to what uh, Kirby of Death said, um, I think Pokemon needs random battles because uh, it um, there are certain mechanics that can only be achieved through uh, random battles. Uh, How so? Like if, I mean, like, if you want an alternate color uh, shiny Pokemon, you'll have to do, like, chaining uh, encounters. And uh, with uh, to get that, you, you need uh, random battles. So, Pokemon... Yeah, I'm aware that Pokemon has a lot of metagaming to it, so you're saying some of, the, some of those metagaming strategies go over into taking advantage of randomly encounters? Random encounters? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it actually utilizes the fact that it's random encounters. It's not just laziness or just there. Yeah. Okay. Skyfox, give me a game with good random battles. I was going to say Pokemon or the Shin Megami Tensei games for the most part. Mostly because uh, you get rewarded more often for the random battles. Because, I mean, for Pokemon, you, you get the reward of seeing different Pokemon or rare Pokemon, and you, you can tell where the random battles are going to be. Uh, same goes for Persona, but I, I'm thinking about it. I think I want to say Fallout. Fallout has random battles? It, when you're in the world map, you, you get random battles, but it's not just battles. You get into random events, too. Oh. So you can run into more than just enemies, which I like. That's kind of neat. So it's not just something onerous. It's just the chance of something happening. Right. So it's like Oregon Trail? <laughs> I guess. <laughs> That's kind of neat. I, it's another neat approach, yeah. So you'll, like, you'll, you'll either be on the world map and run into, like, a bunch of rad scorpions, or you'll run into, like, a merchant, or you'll just see some guy that needs help, and or stuff like that. Okay, so those are all enemies. What are some of the events? <laughs> are you saying merchants aren't enemies? <laughs> 
in this economy. Well, Fallout 2 has a bunch of like popular reference encounters, so you can you'll get into an encounter where you see the TARDIS, or you'll see my Python's uh, knights chasing uh, being killed by a rabbit. <laughs> uh, okay. Personally, I've always been a fan of uh, Fantasy Star 4. Uh, that random battle system where I'm, I'm a fan of the old school concept of random battles where it's like a, it's a, it's a resource management problem basically where you don't know how many resources you'll need so you, you need to sort of look at each encounter and say it's worthwhile to devote this much HP, this many items, this many spells to a single battle and then try to gauge you know, how many battles you'll have before you meet the boss of the dungeon and try to sustain what you have uh, intelligently. So I think random, just plain old random battles can be an effective tool if they're paced well enough. VG247's Dave Cook interviewed Harebrained Schemes founder Jordan Wiseman about Shadowrun Returns. That's a lot of names. Anyway, Wiseman says, <laughs> Call it respect for the audience, or call it old-school gamer mentality, but we're honestly not handholding people through a bunch of training on the mechanics. Once upon a time, there was fun in exploring and experimenting. We hope to give players enough info to get them rolling and understanding the basics. This is an, an interview about an upcoming uh, PC RPG that's supposed to like imitate tabletop RPGs. But it also reminded me of uh, my experiences with Live Alive. In that, like, uh, what chapters in Live Alive had you experimenting? Wario Fan 63? Ninja! <laughs> that's, I mean, that's the first thing that came to mind. I, th- I think Ninja exemplifies this quote. Pretty much. It, Ninja is the, uh, the quote manifested within itself. It what? becomes a reality. That's Ninja doesn't like to hold your hand or tell you what to do. Yeah. But it also, like, part of the quote says that uh, they give players enough to get them rolling and understanding the basics. Do you think Ninja did that? Hmm. That's hard. I, I guess it's... Because I... Uh, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> This is a tricky question. <laughs> I guess it's because there's so much you can do with your your path to ninja that even killing one person sets you on a new path already. Yeah, in some sense, yeah. So so it's like, you know, is, is the basics going to be about killing everyone, or is the basics not killing everyone? The way I understood it, and as relevant to ninja, was that, like, understanding the basics would be just clearing the chapter. But that would also introduce you to elements that you could have experimented with, and so on further replays you can try to kill everybody 
or try to kill nobody. Um, so getting yourself rolling would just be getting through it uh, and killing the final boss. Whereas exploring and experimenting would be those extra challenges. Do you think that works? I think that works. Kirby of Death, were there any chapters in Live Life that you think met this quote? Um, I definitely agree with uh, Ninja being that. Were there any the other ones? Any that didn't? Sorry, I'm just trying to think back on all the chapters. I guess Robot was fairly different in as far as being an RPG, because it was kind of like a visual novel, but you still got to explore and stuff. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> so, with the Robot chapter, you think, uh, embraced exploration? Is that what you were getting? Yeah, I mean, it was, it was pretty much the entire thing, because um, there was no fighting, so it was just you going around talking to people, making things happen. Okay, so the the people gave you enough direction that you didn't know exactly what to do, but it gave you some sense of direction to your meandering on the ship. Oh, sure, yeah. Like I knew I had enough time to like go around and explore everything, and then I could just go where I needed to go to progress the story. Okay. Uh, Shadi, are there any chapters in Love Live that met this, uh, that met or didn't meet this quote? When I think of experimentation, I think of uh, the item transformation uh, functions that were in Caveman and uh, the anime chapters. Mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and those uh, involve a lot of experimentation, combining items or uh, talking to the old man and seeing what items turn into what. There was a certain matter of experimentation there, but was there anything there to get you rolling with the basics uh, for the... Forging systems? Yeah, there was. If you went uh, in, in Caveman, if you went into that uh, guy's little um, uh, shop, he'll uh, teach you about how if you combine two items, you can make a, a more powerful item with word bubbles. So there, I don't think it's much explained in uh, anime, though. Okay. So there, it was just like a pretty much straight-up tutorial telling you this mm-hmm. is how this mechanic works, but it doesn't you know, it doesn't give you, like, a cookbook. No. So it seems like an important part of uh, encouraging exploration would be to handhold the player through one section, but then provide similar sections where the player would have to sort of extrapolate what they did before and apply them to these new areas. Yeah. Okay. Skyfox, were there any chapters that met or didn't meet this quote? I think as a whole, did a pretty good job of not holding my hand too much. I mean, we started it like three months ago, but I don't recall there being any overbearing tutorials. Yeah, but how much of that do you think it was just because Live Alive had really simple mechanics? That's true. I mean, there are RPGs where they'll just walk you through a, a battle as a sample and show you what everything does, like step by step, and I'm glad it didn't do that. If it didn't, I'm pretty sure it didn't. Mario RPG certainly <laughs> does. Right. <laughs> Do you know how to use items? <laughs> Granted, I needed that when I was like nine, because who's gonna? What RPG fan is going to play, be playing Mario RPG? Yeah. Right in the title. <laughs> <laughs> but there's also like a few weeks, well, a few weeks back, like a month back now, uh, Soup mentioned that. His first time through Ninja, he he saw the kill count and said, oh, that probably means it's a bad thing to kill guys. 
So, even though Ninja had like a really simple mechanic, it just counts who you kill, it still managed to miscommunicate its intentions to Soup, or at least communicated something. Soup, would you count that as miscommunication? Yes, I would. I, I just thought it was like punishing me because it gives you a stealth move, and you can use it to bypass a lot of enemies, and so I just thought that was the point of the chapter, that this is going to be a stealth chapter, and you try to kill as few people as you can. Um, that was that was wrong. Um, <laughs> there, it is? I mean, I thought, you, you can yeah. get through it stealthily, but... Yeah, but if you get through it stealthily, it's more rewarding. No. If you get yeah. through it stealthily, it's really confusing. You have to do, like, very specific things to get yeah, through it. Yeah, it's harder, but at the end, you get a reward. Well, screw that. Um, <laughs> okay. No, who cares, even? Uh, but I do. And it's not its not really difficult, it's just... It's annoyingly difficult. It's um, not everyone's I mean, piece of cake. Or, wait. No. Cup of, uh, <laughs> cup of tea. It's not everyone's piece of cake. Um, I think that goes out of its way to make it good for you, too. It's like you, gotta have to, you have to have that robot to do it, and then you can't take the robot in any piece of water or fall... Or he'll exactly. break. Exactly. And you can't do it stealthily anymore. Exactly. I think it's just too complicated and obscure. Can't feed him at And impossible to do without a guide. So I think Ninja did a pretty bad job explaining anything. Oh, um, I don't. Yeah. I don't think it explained anything adequately. I think it should have given you, like, some kind of hint that you don't want to kill any women. Some kind of hint that something. And I just don't think it did any of that. I, I had to use a guide for that, and I don't think that was my fault. The I think Caveman did it well. Like, they had you, you sniff around a bit in a little training area and get used to that mechanic, and then you go out in the wild and do it yourself. They kind of explain crafting to you so you can figure it out yourself. So I think Caveman had a good balance of it. Definitely part of being a good tutorial is getting to do it yourself. Right. Whereas, uh, where Ninja left you hanging was that it gave you hints on a direction, but you were left up to interpret what those hints meant. Yeah, and it wasn't always clear, and as we saw, I completely misinterpreted that hint. <laughs> um, Ninja did it poorly. I think Caveman did it well. Like, it introduced its mechanic. And, you know, um, like, I think Psychic... Psychic probably, the anime chapter, probably held your hand more than the other chapters. It was just kind of a linear experience, but but there's still some exploration in that, and there's still some, you know, you've got to figure out some things for yourself. So I think overall the you know, Live Alive just did a good job with it. Like, it, it usually told you enough to get by, and like with the Cowboy chapter... Uh, apparently it was not enough for Golem the first time. Yeah. Um, but no. I thought it gave you a good, like, a good explanation of what you were doing and kind of, but you still had to kind of figure out some things by yourself. Yeah. I think uh, Cowboy's a good example of experimentation in just, like, learning how resource, or learning how time management works in that. Like, uh, you know, learning that Billy's going to use the slingshot and Joe might be faster than Gary, stuff like that. So, 
how does a game walk the fine line between over-tutorializing and losing the player altogether? Can you give me a game that hits the sweet spot of encouraging experimentation without over-tutorializing or losing the player? Kirby of Death? I think a pretty good example would be Portal. Because um, you're very eased into the whole Portal mechanic, and then uh, by the middle of the game you're just solving puzzles. I mean, you're guided through most of it, because you know, it's under the guise of, like, you know, you do one experiment after another, and then, um, you know, spoilers, by the way, once uh, Gletos tries to kill you, you kind of escape, and then you just, you're left to explore the whole facility on your own, and don't have any direction, but you still manage it okay, because you were pretty much trained to do it the whole entire time. So you still have a hand-holding segment? Oh, sure, yeah, at the beginning, yeah. And then, um, each experiment has a goal that's fairly straightforward, and then once you break out of the whole experiment thing. You're left on your own, but you're not helpless, I guess. You have the lessons you learned before. Right. But the hand-holding, like, it's not... When you turn on Portal and you have to play that opening, you don't say, oh, jeez, I gotta play through this part again, the stupid tutorial. You enjoy the tutorial. Yeah, I think it's just, it's presented in a really great way, and doesn't feel overbearing or anything. Okay, so is part of that the personality of GLaDOS, or is it just the missions are still interesting even if they are a tutorial? Yeah, I think so. It's a very charming game. Okay. Uh, Shouty, can you give me a game that hits that sweet spot? I don't really know, because I don't, most games I play don't really have tutorials. I think if a game can successfully um, convey uh, how to play a game, how to tutorials, it's even better. Uh, just by um, how things may look on screen. I may just have to give Super Mario Bros. as an example, because um, it, this is, uh, I think this is pretty well known, where um, you think that uh, the Goomba you first see is uh, an enemy, so you avoid it. And then um, uh, you hit a block, and you see a mushroom, and you think it's uh, an enemy because it looks like the Goomba, uh, but you're uh, cornered by it, so... Yeah, you find out that's, that's your power-up. You get cornered so, by it? Yeah, because you can't go back. Oh, I see. So, yeah, I guess uh, just uh, by design, uh, you know how to play the game, or you but, know what's what. So, Sky Fox, it seems like so far we're going over games with more simple mechanics. Are there any like, complicated games you can think of that hit that stride? I don't think I had too much trouble getting into Civilization, so I think they might have had something in there, but I can't remember too well. Generally, I'm in the camp where the best tutorial is just good level design, and if they can teach you your mechanics, if they can kind of force you to learn a mechanic by by doing it, and, and it's in an intuitive way that you'll learn it, and that's the best way, like like an Ego Raptor's uh, Mega Man X video. Yeah. So, I guess one thing that's always just personally bugged me is that Western RPGs have 50 item slots and 100 different stats. Can you name a Western RPG that tutorializes that even-handedly? I think what they generally try to do is get you to read the 100-page manual first. Um, <laughs> it does it well. Hmm. I don't know if I can name any. So, uh, if you're a complicated game, you just might be SOL on being approachable? I don't think that's necessarily the case. Not Maybe not necessarily, but... In terms of games you've seen, is that the case? I think generally that's the reason people streamline uh, 
Western RPGs and RPGs in general because it's a difficult question to answer. Streamline? Like, just instead of having so many so many different options and having such a, such a complex game, you just cut down things and make it simpler instead of take, keep, keep keeping what they had originally or something. Okay, this is something a developer would do. Right, okay. right. Supig, can you name a game that uh, has good tutorials? Uh, well, I would agree with uh, Kirby on the um, on Portal. That was an example I thought of, and just Valve games in general tend to do that well. Like they kind of teach you how to do things without taking you out of the experience at all, and still being fun and interactive. Um, I know, like I think there's just uh, uh, people that do it poorly. Like um, I just saw a Best Friends Play video of Resident Evil Revelations. And, like, at the very beginning of that game, just, like, eight windows pop up that have all the controls and everything they do on it. Oh, like, yeah. That's, that's not how you do that. That's a um, huge problem with, um... I feel like both Xenoblade and uh, Last Story were pretty big uh, perpetrators of that sin. Yeah, Xenoblade had a lot of tutorials, like, that pop up. The good thing about, like, what I did with those a lot was I would just skip them at first and then kind of, like, ease myself into the mechanic, and once I sort of knew how it worked, then I looked at the tutorials for any details about it. Like, the crafting system, I completely ignored at first. I didn't know what the heck that was about, but... So, yeah, uh, I guess Xenoblade's an example. Like, not the most elegant tutorials. Like, I think there's a problem with puzzle games sometimes. I know Pushmo, uh, 3DS downloadable game, way too much tutorial for me. I, I kind of wanted to experiment with that game and see how things worked and do different things, but there are just, there were so many tutorials in that game. So, how do the tutorials work? <sighs> like, it tells you every little thing you can do, like, it's like, grab a block from the side and pull it out. Like, that would have been cool if I figured that out on myself, or on so my I, own. Um, is it like someone tells you to do it, and then you do it, and then they say, good job? Yes, that's, that's how it works. Okay. And there are, like, there are entire, like, the game is divided into chapters. There's, like, an entire chapter with, like, 18 different puzzles or something, and they're all tutorial. This is Sonic and the Secret Rings. Hacha! <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's not really the way to do it. Picross 3D kind of did that way, too. Like, when I first played Picross, it was on a website just normal 2D Picross, it was on a website, and I kind of figured out everything on my own without any tutorials, and that was really satisfying. But then, like, Nintendo Picross games have tons of tutorial. So, it sounds like uh, letting the player act on their own is important, so that they get a feel for what the mechanic actually is. But it's also, like, just a step beyond that, important to give the player a problem to solve, so that they feel, so that there's something interesting to it, even if it's a a really dumb problem, just telling them exactly what to do isn't going to be interesting. Right. Um, whereas something like Portal, the first puzzle might be really dumb, but it's not like Gladys tells you shoot it exactly at this spot. Right. I'm, I'm assuming not. <laughs> right. WarioFan63, how's, how's the tutorial in Sly 3? Not, oh, just um, give me a game with a good tutorial. <laughs> oh. <laughs> a game with a good tutorial. I like the tutorial in Luigi's Mansion. One. That was a nice tutorial. That was... Your, you mean the fighting like, one? You like puts in around in Egad's basement and he brings up ghosts that do stuff? Yes, because yeah. I, I liked how, how he said, Hey, you cut this many ghosts. Here's a compliment for you. So is it, is it like a competition? 
Like you can get high scores or something? No, it's just there's ten ghosts. That's it. Oh. I, just, I just feel good about myself catching all ten. <laughs> now, I'm trying to think. I, I I feel like there's a game somewhere that has like some sort kind of tutorial chapter that might be optional, but I like to do it anyway. I can't think of anything off the top of my head here. The tutorial in Super Mario RPG is optional. Well, that's right. You can tell the Goomba to go away. If you but will. then you're giving up the experience. <laughs> is experience from that battle? Uh, I don't know. I, I wouldn't think so. One thing I was thinking of is uh, Starship Damray. Oh, oh yeah. Well, that, that doesn't have any tutorials at all. Right. That I mean, I haven't played it yet, but like, I the point of that game is supposedly that it gives you no tutorials. Yeah, no, it doesn't. It um, it says that, but. I, have we played? Have any of us played Starship? I played it. It's like it doesn't give you tutorials, but um, I think it does a similar thing to Portal, in which it uh makes uh, gives directions in context to what's going on in the game. Okay, it does give directions in context, where like the opening has you typing into a terminal, and it says yeah, it gives you like instructions on what to type into the tu- in into the terminal. Yeah, that's a it's kind of a... I don't know what to make of that game yet. Okay. Also, oh, that does have mm. an optional tutorial. Yeah, yeah, it does have an optional tutorial, but I, I love doing it anyway. Mm. How come? I guess it's because... Uh, I don't know. I guess I just... just uh, I, I'm, I'm so engrossed by Banjo-Kazooie that, you know, I, I want to suck all the charm out of it. Uh, absorb the charm. Or, I don't know. You know, I, li- I like seeing... Kazooie spat out insults with bottles and whatnot. Okay. Oh. So you just and, and, that yeah. and that the characters are entertaining. Yeah. Oh, another thing I, uh, I've been playing recently, Super Metroid, like, you, it, and a lot of games do this too, usually as soon as you get a power-up, it doesn't, like, really teach you how to use it, but it gives you a situation right away in which it would be useful. Right. So, like, you get the running power-up, and then you have to use it to escape right away. Mm. Oh, yeah. So you instantly know how it works. That's like... Well, why can't Metroid crawl? <laughs> oh, no. Why can't Metroid crawl? I don't understand. <laughs> um, that's like... I feel like that fits into the overall framework of Super Metroid as, like, Metroid trying to be as convenient as possible. Whereas, like, uh... In in Metroid 1, there are a lot of sections where you'll get an item and just not have a use for it until you get to the correct place. Which fits in the context of that game. I guess my point being that uh, tutorials are structured differently for different games on purpose. Does that make any sense? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Like, uh, you might disagree with how Ninja puts its tutorial, or... or I guess tells you what to do. And I do. But it's still, like, it's part of the whole mission statement of Ninja that it does things that way. So you think a ninja, uh, a ninja's career is really haphazard and most of the time not even they know what they're doing? (laughs) (laughs) There's a, maybe not haphazard, but there's a sense of mystery and, like, what the hell is even going on to it? Yeah. 
Um, and so <clears throat> part of the fun of Ninja is like trying to figure out what you're even supposed to be doing with this kill counter. Anyway, that's my two cents. wrap up Live Alive uh, and and go gently into that dark night. Is that how? I don't even remember if that's how the poem goes. Never mind. Any final words on Live Alive, Shouty? What? Any final words on Live Alive, um, Shouty? Uh, keep living alive. You can't live when you're dead. Uh, okay. Uh, Sky Fox? This is a game I really wanted to... I mean, it had a ton of great ideas. And I think was mired by a lot of poor execution. I think and it was mired by a lot of... Nobody wanted to play around with the combat at all. You mean like the developers? Yeah. Oh. I did, I, the story concepts were well and good enough, but the battle system really should have just been something, you know, out of know, Final Fantasy III or something. Just something real basic. Yeah. I like that they tried something new for it, but sometimes new isn't good enough just for the sake of new. Well, yeah, okay. I I can leave it at that. Um, I think there was some experimentation with battles, like... Some, but, but I... Not, not, thematic, not thematically so, like... Exactly. You wouldn't have one type of, cha- uh, one type of battle in one chapter or another type in another. Exactly. Whereas, like, each chapter had its own type of story. Mm-hmm. Um, One thing I was kind of disappointed in, sorry, no, was in the Cubes chapter, the, the robot chapter, when when you play the the video game machine and get to the end, you don't get anything special besides like, a neat credits roll. Oh, yeah. I was kind of hoping I'd get something special out of beating that. Yeah. Well, you got a sense of pride, and... <laughs> I didn't bother with that because, um... You need a game within a game within a game. That's... That's its only (laughs) one. That's... That's Shakespeare. (laughs) Um, I definitely didn't bother with Captain Square because all the battles, like... You win the battles the same way each time, so it's just memorizing how to do each battle. So it's really boring. Now that I think about it, I think there's more experimentation in the battles uh, of Captain Square than anywhere else in the game. I would agree with that. They're very tactical, if that's what you mean. Well, each one's like a puzzle. There's a certain way to do each one. Yeah. And, um, I guess actually it's noteworthy in the sense that it's, like, the kill-a-leader battles are typically like the quote-unquote puzzle battles of the game. But Captain Square manages to go beyond that. Yeah, we have to lure the fire into the water. Yeah. So, I would have played through Captain Square, except it was all puzzles. Or, no, if there was like a save. A reward. No, I don't need a reward. Save. Uh, oh. 
Oh yeah, you can save, but you have to like. It's a secret. Find it, yeah. <laughs> oh, the memory card thing. I never tried that. Yeah. I picked up the memory yeah, card. I, I didn't want to override it. Kirk dies, and then you can filter his stuff for a memory card, and you can show him. <laughs> Dude, up. spoilers. Yeah, I look for a video game. I come in peace. Shoot to kill. Shoot. <laughs> 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 Two fake final words on live a life. Uh, well, I like this game. I think the battle system's fun. I like it, and I like how it's executed. And thank you, everyone, for putting up with this game for two and a half months. <laughs> Never suggested again. More like three months. <laughs> we're, we're approaching that, aren't we? That's really more final fa- Finals th- fault than Live Alive's fault. I guess. And just bad timing. Wario Fan 63, any final thoughts on Live Alive? Well, I'm I'm very embarrassed to admit something here. It took me... I, I, I honestly realized this in the middle of the night, like a week or two after I beat the game. I was laying down, and I, and I, I, I suddenly sit up and realized I, I had no idea about this while I was playing the game, and I feel so stupid. All the bosses are named Odeo. <laughs> <laughs> I, I never caught on to it. I never caught on to it. How did you solve this mystery? I don't know. I was just thinking about how how crazy it was. You know what? I noticed that there's a lot of oh bosses. Wait a minute. <laughs> They're all terrible. <laughs> yeah. it, was, it was not good for me. <laughs> I went through seven chapters without realizing that. <laughs> To be honest, I just, like, um, I got to, I think, the end of night, and I was like, oh my god. Like, I just noticed it after that. <laughs> uh, I guess the whole statues next to each other kind of helps give that away. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, well, okay, uh, let's see, my final party was, like, uh, uh, Pogo, the wrestler, uh, Cube, and, um, I think, uh, I think Samo. So, uh, Pogo and, and Cube didn't say anything, you know, they just said grunts. So I, and, and, uh, so all that was left was Odie Oldbright and Odie Wong Lee, and, you know, I didn't, I didn't see it. Ugh. What's the T-Rex's name in, uh, in... Caveman's chapter? I think it's O-D-O. O-D-O. Oh, okay. I'll admit, I was kind of... Sorry, name. I was kind of spoiled on that because... Odiosaurus. What? I was hoping for a name like Odiosaurus. I was kind of spoiled on it because I looked at the soundtrack before beating the game, and there's a track. Mm. I think it mentions Odeo somewhere. Your Odeo? I think so, yeah. Hmm. Uh, so, Kirby of Death, you open the podcast, you close it. Any final thoughts on Live Life? Um, yeah, I really like this game, actually. Because, um, 
because of all, like all the different chapters, like I feel like you know, I guess they played kind of similar because of the balance system and stuff. But like each one seemed like they have its own unique charm to it, and then to have it all come together in the final chapter, and if you got the correct ending, that entire ending just like drove the point home that even though it, like everything was like all different and stuff, um, to have it come together was really cool. I feel. I mean, it was pretty predictable that this would all have to come together, but um, it did so satisfyingly. Yeah. All music on this podcast was from Level Live. I'll leave you on this final thought. Each chapter in Level Live had its own mission statement, but did they connect to each other in any way? You'd assume not, since you can play them in any order, right? So before we get in on the, on the final chapter, I figured uh, we'll ask what character we all started with. Um... Guy Fox, which one did you start with? Samo, the punch master. <laughs> <laughs> Soup? Um, uh, there's a problem with this call. Oh. Is that true? That's not the character I chose. <laughs> um, <laughs> where does it say? I don't it says see. there's a problem with this call. Oh no, oh, Kirby of Death is... Oh, dropped Kirby, okay. No, he's Bubsy. Mm-hmm. I mean, busy. <laughs> what? He's Bubsy. <laughs> Confuse those two. <laughs> you can't figure out how to beat this boss. Oh god. Um, he keeps he trying hit. to land on him, keeps getting hit. Doesn't That's not sauce, I'd put on my burger. <sighs> That's what you said. Oh my god. Like the cutscene for Bubsy Melting. <laughs> I played. You said, That's our sauce I'd put on my burger. <laughs> <laughs> what? That's amazing. <laughs> Man. Weren't you watching your own video going into a shit? Hey, no. <laughs> watching that? <laughs> well, maybe I ought to if it has classic lines like that. Uh, should we press on with that, Rory? Um, um, where is he? There he is. <laughs> it's like he's here. Oh, he's typing something. Why don't you try re-inviting him to the call again? How do I do that? 
You have to click on his name and and click on your invite. Uh, invite to group call. There. The issue right. is resolved. Alright. Yeah, sorry about that. Okay. Skype crashed and then updated. So. Of course. Just like a plane. It assimilates, it, 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 it's, it's adapting to the environment. It crashes and then it updates so that it won't un- crash again, again. Yeah. I saw a movie yeah. about that last night. I hope so. You saw a Doctor Who. It's like a Cyberman. That. Yeah. Huh. That too. There we go. Oh, that, I saw Forbidden Planet. <clears throat> okay. Isn't that a good movie? Forbidden. Maybe I'm thinking of the wrong name. It was a Roger Corman film from, like, 1982. Oh. I don't think that's Forbidden Planet. Forbidden Planet's from, like, the 50s. Could be, like, Forbidden Place, something. The Leslie Nielsen one? Forbidden Location. Forbidden Planet has Leslie Nielsen. And I was expecting it was going to be a silly Leslie Nielsen sci-fi. Oh, wait, yeah, Forbidden Planet's awesome. (laughs) MST3K did it, too. But, like, I saw the movie, and it was actually a really good movie, I thought. Yeah, I liked it. (laughs) Um, Forbidden World is what I saw. Oh, okay. So you can see why I mistook that for Planet. Yeah. It's pretty easy. Okay. So, this podcast, we're all talking about the final chapter of Live Alive.